Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, April 26, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adio A. Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, Tim Ma Lion Gettys. It's Greg Miller's birthday eve, bless. His last day of being mm. 39. The is last that why day people are 30. in chat saying Hail Satan? That's probably more than one why. person in chat is saying Hail Satan. Yeah. I didn't think about the fact that Greg's birthday is indeed tomorrow. Yeah, yeah we, right before the show went live, Bless looks over at the chat and he sees someone say, wow, it's a wild news day. And then the follow-up was just Hail Satan. <laughs> Hail Satan. Which I don't understand uh, where the source of this, but yeah, Greg Miller's probably involved. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Tim, one thing I appreciate about this show is that mm -hmm. we have no dress code. And yeah. so some days I'll show up in like, a bomber jacket or a leather jacket or like a jean jacket and then other days i show up in a sweatshirt and i never know what you're gonna show up in yeah but i always know it's gonna be fresh and so i, I, I like the dynamic that. of me wearing a really comfy sweatshirt and you showing up with a leather jacket and a silver chain on but but the thing is with your the the comfy sweatshirt it doesn't it looks comfy but it also looks premium like there's Thank something you. it's it's a this color choice that I, I feel exactly i feel like the the choice of color elevates it from just being a hoodie to being a a fashion choice i Thank you. i think we're i wouldn't i wouldn't wear this when i'm just slouching around really, at home I, I really like your shirt too tim whatever you wear it makes me Thank think you. that you're trying to be a pirate i am a little french pirate with a baguette french. i look oh, like a mime oh i'm not I good see, at it i see what you're gonna do oh sacre bleu. <laughs> that's my french laugh right there yeah yeah do you know what i did this weekend tim mm. i watched a movie that movie tetris fuck yeah you did what'd you think I love that movie. I don't know if I would say it's a fantastic movie, but it is very entertaining. And I couldn't help but to like purely be entertained just by the fact that it's based on a true story. Mm -hmm. But there's so many parts where I'm like, mm -mm -mm, that didn't happen that way. <laughs> Ain't no way that you looped the president of Nintendo into these shenanigans that you're talking about. I do not believe this, but I do believe like, or I, I do appreciate how much of the movie, the, the amount of the, of the movie that is purely just contract negotiations. Dude, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's I, so engaging. I think I'm, I'm with you that like, I don't think it's like the best movie ever, but I do think it's great. Like, I think that it's a, it's a really good movie and it's entertaining as hell. And the fact that it's weirdly a slow burn, but like even in the slow parts rewards you. Like I, I'm all about it, man. I thought that it was a fun as hell time. And like some of the twists and turns, you're just like, how did we get here? And the music across the entire thing inspired oh, fantastic well i mean you know what whatever not yeah. gonna get into some things oh yeah we'll talk about that more later mm -hmm. possibly maybe i don't know how that works but it's been a while i might yeah. just talk about tetris just throughout the year just because because i'm really into that movie uh but tim mm -hmm. of course tetris is all about contract negotiations who can get the rights to what right and that's also, what kind of funny games daily is all about. Today's stories include a Zelda Tears of the Kingdom preview roundup, Xbox's Activision Blizzard acquisition has been blocked in the UK, and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny games is where you can go to get the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content 
housekeeping for you. A new kind of funny games cast is up right now, and it's our review of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That is up over on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and it is a much must watch of course greg miller is our lead reviewer there but you also have the one and only barrett courtney on there as our star wars a resident star wars expert uh to weigh in with his thoughts on the game as well so go check that out if me, you, you want and to you're there too. me you and andy were there too yeah yeah we were, we were there all, too. all three of us have played at that point about 10 hours yeah. so uh we all almost are at least halfway there. through the game but of course greg did finish the game and barrett finished the game too and so they share their, their full thoughts and us three share our developing our developing thoughts as we go and we'll share even more thoughts great episode i i really I like so that episode of Gamescast because I feel like it uh, represented a lot of different viewpoints, which is I think rare for us at Kind of Funny. I feel like a lot of the times uh, we either are in kind of the same wavelength, maybe there'll be like one outlier about something or a game is for one person but it's not for others, so it kind of like creates that type of siloed conversation. I feel like with Survivor, all of us had opinions and I feel like about almost every element of the game, we didn't necessarily agree, and I thought that was yeah. a, a pretty interesting time for us. It was a pretty, it was, it was definitely a spectrum of opinions, and I think, yeah, I think the, our differences of opinions bounced off each other well to kind of paint a good picture of what you can expect yep. out of Jedi Survivor. Um, but we'll talk about that more later because one of our stories is, of course, going to be your review roundup. But for now, let me tell you about tomorrow and how tomorrow is going to be a fun day because we're celebrating Greg's 40th birthday. That means that we're doing an all-day stream starting with KFGD with me and uh, WWE superstar. Xavier Woods. And then following that is a bunch of games and shenanigans featuring Greg, Xavier, Poe, and more. And that is happening tomorrow right here on Twitch and YouTube. It's going to be one worth moving schedules around to, to oh, be yeah. there for. I've heard some of the plans that they have, and I'm like, I don't know how all these things are going to connect, but it's going to be beautiful chaos. Yeah. And Austin's going to be there. And Austin's one of my favorite people on the entire awesome. planet. Over Great on Patreon, uh, we got a brand new episode of Kind of Feudy that is up. And for today's topic, we're going back to video games. So if you missed the video games Kind of Feudy, we got one for you here. Uh, and then remember, only on YouTube and the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post show where Snow White Mike comes in to talk to us, KFGD hosts, about your YouTube Super Chat questions. Stay tuned after today's handshake to hang out with us before the next Kind of Funny stream starts. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Rocket Money, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Tim, mm -hmm. this morning I woke up. Now let me start with last night. Last time I went to sleep and I was like, tomorrow's going to be a pretty easy game daily. Jedi Survivor re reviews are going to pop. Done. That's probably going to be the thing. We're going to talk more about that. It's going to be easy. I woke up this morning. I looked at my phone, and boom, there it is. Microsoft has been blocked in the UK. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, snap. All right, we got a new story. And then I kept scrolling some more, and I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. What, 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 what are these screenshots? What are these screen? What are the people are giving me their opinions on the Zelda game? What? 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 Wait, there's a preview. Mm -hmm. A preview embargo that's gone up by from all my favorite outlets, except for kind of funny for some reason. But I, I digress. Let's get into a preview roundup. Let's, Let's talk about some Zelda. We're going to start off with Brian Altano at IGN. This is what Brian has to say about it. What truly caught me off guard with my time playing Tears of the Kingdom wasn't just how much there was to do, and there were certainly tons. It was just how much creative freedom I had as I, was attempt as I attempted to take on every corner of it so far. Breath of the Wild's core philosophy was effectively, see that landmark in the distance? You can walk there. In Tears of the Kingdom, it's more like, see that landmark in the distance? Well, you have a hundred different ways to get there, and a lot of them might not work. But when one does, oh boy, you're going to feel like a genius. Floating high above Hyrule are the Sky Islands, and that's where the Islands. large majority... What was that? Skylands? 
the the Skylands. Yeah, that's what they could have called them, but they decided not to. Probably a good decision. Skylands? That's what you came up with, Tim? Skylands. I'm sticking with it, y'all. All right, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, and that's where the large majority of my preview of Tears of the Kingdom took place. If the Hyrule below is the updated open world from Breath of the Wild, the sky sections feel more akin to the Wind Waker, just minus the uh, the big red talking boat to get around. I've not played a Wind Waker. I didn't know that the boat talked to you. Oh, yeah. Is that true? Lions? Show some fucking my respect fucking to the royalty, boy? Bless. Daphne's no Hanson Hyrule. You're going to fucking put disrespect on him? The best companion in the fucking Zelda series, Blessing? Some really Get out of my points, fucking dude. set. You're just saying words. Those good, weren't good real words. things. They're quality words, everybody. Those weren't real quality things. Quality words. Said. Words like Skylands. Someone in the chat. No, Skyrule. You're not going to make Skylands. Skyrule. Skylands is not going to happen. Ooh. All right. Skylands is not streets ahead. There are tons and tons of islands up there in disparate clusters and formations, and it's up to you to figure out exactly how you're going to travel between them. Take on their endless puzzles, conflicts, and caves, and move on to the next one. Jumping out of Brian's preview, I'm going to jump into Charles's, pre- Charles's preview over at The Verge. This is Charles Pulliam Moore. Once you start really using Link's new abilities to interact with the things around him, the monsters, the weapons, the bushes full of bomb flowers, Tears of the Kingdom reveals itself to be much more technically complex and imaginative than its predecessor, which is saying something. At first, some of the new runes seem like souped-up versions of classics like Stasis and Magnesis, but unlike Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom actively encourages you to not only just use each of Link's new powers with a surprising frequency, but also to think about all the different ways you could potentially deploy them to solve puzzles and slay monsters. Uh, That is the Verge's preview. From there, I have um, a collection of tweets that I've uh, screenshotted to give you um, a, a sky view. A Skyland view down. Mm, thank you. Uh, thank you. A lot of the op- opinions on the internet, right? Skillup tweeted this out when he posted his video. Even in this tiny window, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom offers up one of the most flexible, responsive, and creative sandboxes I've experienced in a video game, and I cannot imagine what the full experience has in store for us. Steven Totillo from Axios tweeted out, I recently played The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom for an hour. Super fun. It's a Zelda for tinkerers, a link for the TikTok slash Minecraft age. It's cool, if a bit much to control. A return to Zelda complex- complexity, a Majora's to Breath of the Wild's Ocarina. And then Gene Park uh, posted uh, that he has played 70 minutes of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It might be bigger than even Elden Ring. Something really special is on our way. He follows that up by saying, One thing about Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, uh, it is not easy to control. The game is packed with so many features. Even 70 minutes wasn't enough to get used to the buttons. This plays vastly different from Breath of the Wild. And then he uh, finishes by saying, Dungeons in Zelda? I solved a puzzle and opened the entrance to one in the sky. Nintendo said, do not enter. I can see inside, and it looks mysterious and unlike anything in Breath of the Wild. But the true nature of dungeon design is still an unknown to us. That might be my favorite tweet about this so far. I love Gene, the idea of him... Like, like, like Zelda just trying or Link trying to look in there and be like, he's like what's, 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 what's that's that? That's a dungeon. That's a dungeon. I see. I know what a dungeon looks like. That, my friend, is a dungeon. And Miyamoto's looking at back and I'm just shaking his head like, do not enter. No, I don't not, know what that is. Don't, don't go in there, that. though. I don't know what that is. Don't go in there. Uh, dude, this is exciting. I, I will say a lot of what they're talking about makes this sound even more like an anti-Tim Gettys game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of tinkering. Tim, not a tinkerer. Yeah. Not, that's not usually my cup of tea, but again, like I've said a million times, Breath of the Wild challenged me uh, to go outside of my comfort zone with, with genre, and um, I loved it. So I'm hoping that that happens here as well. But I, I do wonder if there was a breaking point for me personally of it going too far into it just being a sandbox um, as opposed to, like, I usually like a bit more linear of an experience. So 
Um, these previews right now, I will say, not making me more excited. But mm-hmm. then again, I don't know how much more excited I could have got after that last trailer. I'm actually right there with you. Uh, I'm somebody who, uh, y'all know, I fucking love Breath of the Wild. And one of the things I love most about Breath of the Wild was the fact that it was the sandbox that I could explore and do whatever with, right? And experiment with how different elements play around with each other. Um, I went and I watched Skill Up's full preview. And I also watched, like, Giant Bombs and Game Explains. And just, I like, I consumed all of it, right? I was very fascinated with what they had to say. And in Skillup's preview, he mentioned specifically that it felt almost like playing more of a survival game than something that is an open-world action game that I thought was really interesting. And he compared it, he compared it to the idea of, oh, yeah, I have all these elements I can play around with, right? I can interact with feasibly anything here and fuse and combine different things. I can make different structures. And you feel uh, it feels like you're almost tinkering more than, uh, more than you're playing compared to Breath of the Wild. Right, you're doing a lot of experimenting, combining things, and I found that fascinating. And I'm, all I'm leaning towards your side of man. Okay, that doesn't sound like my kind of game. I'm not somebody who plays plays survival games at all, really. I think if there was one game to get me into that kind of game, it would be Zelda: It'd Tears be the of the Untitled Kingdom. sequel to Breath of the Wild. Yes, exactly. Um, and you know, on top of that, what everybody had in common in the previews was that everybody was very impressed with. The, the lengths you can go to to craft and create things. And for me, that has me excited, right? It's the idea of while watching Dan Reichert's preview on uh, Giant Bomb, he <laughs> created like this um, flying contraption that was like this metal slab that he, that, like, that he had. And he put on like five rockets toward the back of it. And then he puts like a balloon on top of it for floating. And then he puts a fan towards the back of it. And then he like places down a steering wheel and he starts flying it all over the place. And I'm like, Dude, this is awesome like this is really <laughs> like cool that worked. <laughs> that, like it worked the way he wanted it to work it seemed very intuitive um and it seemed like it, it wasn't complicated which is my biggest fear about it yeah. i don't want to get lost in the weeds with the crafting stuff i do want to explore and find the dungeons or shrines or whatever you have i want to have that cool feeling of exploration and discovery because that's what i love most about breath of the wild it seems like that's going to be combined with just a lot of tinkering and a lot of crafting yeah and with that uh, something that came up a couple times here is the um, complexity of the controls which is interesting and it makes sense right for the, the amount of things they're offering uh in this game like just to be able to actually control combining all those things as well as driving those things i guess it would be the word piloting those things um like there's gonna be a lot of, i wonder how crab hands we're gonna get with this you know yeah yeah well i mean one of the i believe it was giant bomb i was talking about how um, once you place the the steering wheel on the contraptions you're controlling, it starts to feel way more natural. Like that is the key to making it to like turning your contraption into like an actual thing. Uh, once I believe it was like once they started controlling it, all of the things went on at once, right? Like if you if you place a rocket onto the slab and you hit the rocket, that'll activate the rocket. But if you want everything to work in tandem with each other, you place down that that lever, you start controlling it, and it all just works in one. And so like. Yeah, like I'm, I'm. It's it's something that I'm at the place where I'm just like I need to play the game. I need yeah. to have this in my hand. I need to know how this feels in motion because it's so weird listening to people, other people describe it and it feeling complicated. It feeling like it's getting into the weeds, but also they're talking about it with excitement. They're talking about it. As, as, they're talking about it like they were into it the whole time. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign that you got into the weeds and you're like, no, but these weeds are fun to be. <laughs> to yeah, be yeah. In. Hey, I mean that that's huge, right? I something I'm very interested in is what the point of the building is. Because what we've seen in the trailers, which granted has just been like a lot of little glimpses. So it seems like for the most part, you're either building a weapon or you're building a, a vehicle of some sort. Mm. I, right now, 
as a simp, I'm just a normal man. I'm just a yeah, normal man. man. All right. Uh, the idea. You also of, call yourself a simp just now. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you said as a simp, as a normal man. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You know what? Hey, I, I just want to call that before yeah. people in chat call that out. Don't clip that out. Don't clip that out. out you fucking cowards. <laughs> Jesus. Corey, we um, need a gif of that, please. I, I'm interested in, I, I can't come up in my mind with too many interesting use cases for giant vehicles in this yeah. game. Besides, okay, getting from one place to another place. But once I have something I'd want it, I, I'm like, oh, this is the best way to do that. I'm just going to do that. But it's a Nintendo. And it's the Zelda team. So, like, I'm sure that, again, I'm just a simple man. Yeah. I'm just an innocent, normal man. I'm a simp sometimes, all right? <laughs> I mean, fair Nintendo, enough. For Nintendo, it happens. Plus, mm-hmm. I'm just the best of us. Uh, I'm sure that they're, they're going to come up with some stuff that we're like, what the fuck? Like, only you could think of this shit. Yeah. What also has me excited is going back to the Gene, Gene Park thing of these previews were only able to t- touch on a slice of the game, right? They're one only, hour. They're, they're playing only one hour, right? You imagine that they're very early on. And that the point of that hour was to get you familiarized with the tools at your disposal. Gene might have seen a dungeon, right? Like, there, we don't know much about what's going on with the shrines, the lack of shrines, what's replacing the shrines. There's, we don't know what's going on with narrative aside from Ganon's been drinking water and now he's Ganondorf and he's looking all sexy. Like, we don't know much about what's going on in the world of Hyrule now. And I love that there's still so much out there that we don't know, right? And, like, cool, they're showing off this the, 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 this new stuff. What don't we know? That is still the stuff that excites me because I feel like they're playing that stuff very close to the chest. And I'm hoping that I pick up this game and within the first few hours, I'm like, wow, this is unlike anything I would have imagined uh, imagined that they they had in store. Yeah. This is way different from what I expected. Which I still is, have that expectation, I which mean, is a crazy expectation. Very lofty, but it's an expectation that I feel uh, it has been properly set up. And I think they have the confidence that it'll, it'll be met. Mm-hmm. But... We won't have to wait long to see Bless. It's April 26th right now. We only, we're only a few weeks away. That's wild. Every, we'll all be playing Zelda in just a couple weeks. I cannot wait. Woo. I will say one more thing in terms of a concern after the previews. Oh. I've seen a lot of the previews. Uh, I've seen like half the previews be like, played it. Um, performance seems fine. I'm not seeing that many stutters, all that stuff. I've seen like the other half of the previews be like, no, I'm seeing places the where this side the technical side of it. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I uh, equally have seen, a, I'd say, about 50 50 of the people being like, oh, it's great. And people being like, no, 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 it, there, there's a problem here. Um, but uh, I feel like a lot of those people also um, were uh, stating that th- this feels a lot more advanced than Breath of the Wild technically. Yes. That, um, I think it was uh, uh, Arthur Geese that was saying that um, w- the. Breath of the Wild very much felt like a Wii U port, whereas this feels more like a Switch game. And, like, the difference there isn't that vast, but there is one. Yeah. I saw some people saying that, yeah, this game looks a little bit sharper than Breath of the Wild, which I'd say is huge. Um, But we won't have to wait too long to see. We won't. Around the corner. Story number two. Xbox's Activision Blizzard deal has been blocked by the CMA. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. (sighs) The UK government's Competition and Markets Authority has moved to prevent Xbox's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Announced on the government's website, the decision to block the deal was due to the implications for cloud gaming. Quote, the deal would alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers over the years to come, the CMA said. Microsoft has retaliated by saying it'll appeal the decision, saying it is disappointed by the result that appears to reflect a flawed understanding of this market. Brad Smith, vice chair and president of Microsoft, said, quote, We remain fully committed to this acquisition and will appeal. The CMA's decision rejects a pragmatic path to address competition concerns and discourages technology innovation and investment in the United Kingdom. 
We have already signed contracts to make Activision Blizzard's popular games available on 150 million more devices, and we remain committed to reinforcing these agreements through regulatory remedies. We're especially disappointed after that. Uh, after that. After. We're disappointed that after lengthy uh, deliberations, this decision appears to reflect a flawed understanding of this market and the way relevant cloud technology actually works, end quote. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick said in an open letter to staff that while the CMA's decision to block the deal wasn't good news for the companies, it is far from the final word. Can we make it the final word sometime soon, please? Kotick vowed uh, to join Microsoft in contesting the decision and said it has already be, uh, begun to begun the work to appeal it in the UK Competition Appeals Tribunal. Quote, we're confident in our case because the facts are on our side. This deal is good for competition, end quote. Microsoft, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard may have reached its conclusion in the UK, and even if it's appealed successfully, the deal is still being investigated and debated elsewhere. The European Union has reportedly hit Microsoft with a formal antitrust warning, and the United States Federal Trade Commission also sued to block the acquisition with a trial set later for this year. It's also faced scrutiny from various U.S. senators, the city of New York, and the U.S. Justice Department, though Spencer has remained confident about the deal throughout. So here we are on uh, April 26, 2023, still talking about this. But this is a real move. This yeah. is a step this is forward. This a big update. Step backward? Step sideways? Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure, but it's a step, right? Um, I am honestly very surprised uh, to wake up to this version of this news today. Because from everything we've seen for the last couple months, it seemed like there's been some issues, but... Xbox and Microsoft have figured them out and uh, been rectifying and, you know, doing the little world tour of getting all the, the ducks in a row here. And last week, there was various financial outlets reporting, like, the deal is close to being signed and it's, it's going to go through. So it's one of those things where those are pundits on the financial side of things that really know this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's usual, usually when they say that type of stuff, it happens the way that they predict. So for this to happen here, I am surprised. Yeah, this is the first time where I'm like, oh, this might actually not actually happen. Like, Microsoft might not actually get Activision Blizzard. Up until now, I've been convinced that it's going to be, it's going to take deals, and that still might happen, right? Like, if this appeal goes through and they're able to find success with that, I imagine the move now would be to, all right, in the way that we've been signing all these 10-year deals with Nintendo and trying to ha make that happen with PlayStation and all these other things, they're going to find more cloud platforms if they're out there i guess <laughs> to yeah. sign more deals with um and my, yeah they might just have to be like cool we're gonna hunt down every cloud platform on the planet and sign a 10-year deal to make that go through so i mean and i'm also shocked that cloud is what this came down to i know me, me too but it, but that's what that's the type of scrap we're talking about yeah. here right where it's just like trying to nitpick and trying to find the 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 way in to be able to to block this so where aren't they right now in terms of cloud Oh, well, like where, where have they not signed you? Yeah, I, I could not tell yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> chat, help me out here if there, if you have a good answer because I do wonder like where where because there has to be that line of Xbox starts doing the things that they didn't want to do, but through the power negotiation they kind of were forced to compromise because mm -hmm. there is a reality at some point where not so much in the cloud sense, but at what point does Game Pass end up on Switch or end up on PlayStation? Mm. You know what I mean? And I know that that yeah. is like big leaps, but yo, we're talking about. I mean, I think that's what they want. Anything can happen, right? Um, 
But yeah, that that is the thing. I wonder, do they want Game Pass on PlayStation? Probably. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, like I, I, Xbox is more about the platform than about the hardware, and so wherever they can put Xbox Game Pass, the better, right? Because that's going to mean like they're still going to make money off of Xbox Game Pass, whether it's on Switch or PlayStation. Switch and PlayStation would also make money off of that. Would be the whole thing, right? Yeah. Which I think Xbox would be fine with, but I think PlayStation is like, no, fuck that. We have PS Plus. We have our own platform. You're our competition. We're not going to let you in the door. Like that is not what this is about. Just like Nintendo and the dungeons. <laughs> just like Nintendo, exactly. Just like yeah. Emoto standing behind Dan or uh, Gene Park, me like, no, I don't know what that is. Don't go in there. That's PlayStation with Xbox. Bill Spencer's like, what's, what's going on in there? What's going on in the PlayStation dungeons? Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm very curious on what the, the on the links they have to go to, right? Like just like you're saying, what are the other cloud platforms that they have to make deals with? Do they have to make bigger and better deals with the platforms they've already made made deals with, right? Mm-hmm. From does it go from ten years? to 20 years does that even make sense anymore like can you think about 20 years in the future when it comes to video games i don't think so yeah i mean that's a good point like you know i i can't think we don't know every deal we don't know the details of every deal but there aren't many long i mean 10 years already i feel like is a is very long for a video game deal of any sort the longest thing i can remember is back in the day tony hawk signed a 13 year deal uh (laughs) for for those games and Mm -hmm. that was like wow that is like ridiculous like unprecedented um whereas like things like the star wars ea deal was like just a couple years right no i think that might have been 10 years was it 10 I, god 10 it was a longer fast. yeah because <laughs> i remember what, talking about that in like 2014 2013 or something like that and i forget if they ended that deal earlier yeah well yeah there was like the weird eventually they, they made a new yeah. version of the deal but um yeah man this this is a where we're at, I guess, right? Like, there's not too much to say that we haven't already said a million times about mm-hmm. this. I, I am um, very surprised that it that it didn't go through. Um, I still think it will. And I still think that this, unfortunately, is just going to get drawn out even longer. On that note, I want to bring in a question from Nano, who writes in kindoffunny.com slash KFGD and says, Hey, y'all, with the CMA officially blocking the Activision Blizzard deal, do you see this as the end of this year's long news? I mean, to me, this feels more like a setback than a complete shutdown with Activision and, and Xbox immediately appealing the decision. Uh, with your vast legal knowledge of UK laws, do you eventually see the ruling get overturned? Um, I mean, I think there's a good chance it gets overturned. I think there's a good chance that, that, it, that it doesn't. I think even if it does get overturned, if they appeal it and they're like, no, okay, what we, we're after reevaluating, you're cool with the CMA. I still go back to the bottom of the article where they talk about all the other um, um, uh, obstacles they have, right? You're talking about the FTC. You're talking about the European Union. You're talking about all, you're talking about a bunch of countries you have to go to, go through. And I am stressed reading about it, right? I am I, I, like putting myself in the shoes of like Phil Spencer and the people at Microsoft and Activision who are trying to make this deal happen. I get stressed because I'm like, dude, you have to you have to make sure that you're good with all of these people. Good with them and also not fucking yourselves. Yeah. For your future. Like, you can't promise things that, that are going to long-term not be good for your own business, but sometimes those are the things that need to be said or done at a certain time. So there's a there's a lot at stake here, and I, I think that there's the other side. I, to answer the question, I think that there's an 80% chance this goes through. Mm-hmm. I think that there's still a 20% chance it doesn't at the end of the day, but I think that it is more likely than not by a large margin. Um, I also think that if it doesn't, and even if it does, but if it doesn't, like, this is going to have ramifications across Microsoft. And across Xbox, because of the amount of time and effort put into this, the amount of decisions that had to be made and things yep. that had to be said, I, like this could result in a lot of bad things for dude. If many if, people, if Xbox, if at the end of the day Xbox isn't able to acquire Activision Blizzard after investing so much into this, yeah, like 
that's not going to be good. That's going to be bad. Like, that's going to be bad. I don't know what those ramifications will look like, but it's not going to be great for Xbox. Of course, that doesn't mean Xbox goes away or anything like that extreme, no. but... I do think that totally redefines what Xbox's plan is, right? Like, what does that look like in terms of, like, are you still, I mean, even are you still doing, putting all your eggs in the Game Pass, right? When when Activision was, like, that trump card that you had, now that that's gone, do you reevaluate that? Do you reevaluate, like, who you're having to develop? What did you already make, did you already start to make plans in terms of, Activision Studios taking these things over. Did you think about Crash and like <laughs> Crash? Did you think about like other Activision IP? I don't know why Crash. Think about Crash. <laughs> did you think about? I don't know why Crash was the first one to come to mind, but sure. Yeah. Did you, you think about? Why. Were you planning and thinking about other Activision IP and how to like spread those out and what to do with those? Like, how much of your strategy is hinged on Activision Blizzard? And now that that now that that might not happen, what becomes the strategy in terms of how you're going to become the market leader? Who knows? Um, I'm also convinced that like they're rattled over there. At least at Activision, they're rattled. I don't know if you saw the email from. Um, I got an email from Activision about this, like a, a representative of Activision with a media. Statement. I don't think so. So in my email, this comes. This comes in, and they say it's an official media statement, and so I'm on the clear to read this. And this is from somebody who represents Activision. Uh, it says the CMA's report contradicts the ambitions of the UK to become an attractive country to build technology businesses. We will work aggressively with Microsoft to reverse this on appeal. The report's conclusion are a disservice to UK citizens who face increasingly dire economic prospects. We will reassess our growth plans for the UK global innovators, uh, large and small, will take note that, despite all its rhetoric, the UK is clearly closed for business. They're throwing haymakers from like Activision at the UK's regulatory like yeah. people. That's wild. Like I've never read anything like this in yeah. my email before. Yeah, I'm like, oh I mean, shit. Yeah, originally it was just like, yeah, the the top dogs of PlayStation and Xbox that we were joking about, like the bo boxing match. But now it's like, no, they're going after the UK, baby. Yeah, they're going. We're going after a a nation worldwide. Jesus. Yeah, man. This. Uh, I'm tired of talking about this, but we're gonna have to continue to because it is gonna keep going. I with I where this is, I think this is drawn out. What another six months? Maybe another two years, Tim. I like this, oh, man. Is, but I, here's the thing, right? I'm as tired as I am. I'm also thoroughly entertained, just by like statements like that, where I'm like, dude, this is this is juicy, man. It's this this juicy. takes me back to like 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 watching um like a political drama. This takes me back to watch to watching Tetris the movie, Tim. Yeah, where all of it is I mean deals dude, and contract talk. negotiations, yeah. but like they get into the weeds in that shit, and that shit is sometimes very riveting to 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 watch and follow. There's a lot of succession shit going on here, and like with big acquisitions and stuff, when there's losers. There's yeah. always losers. And even if the acquisition doesn't go through, man, like people are going to lose their jobs. Potentially a lot of people. Tim, before we move on to story number three, I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on Patreon. You can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right. You, you, you out there. 
you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money and it can help you too. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash kinda funny. R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash kinda funny. Story number three, Tim. Let's lift our spirits with a Star Wars Jedi Survivor review roundup. Uh, right now on Metacritic, Jedi Survivor is sitting at an 87. On Open Critic, it's sitting at an 86. Let's start off with Dean Stapleton and IGN, who gave it a 9 out of 10 and said, Star Wars Jedi Survivor takes what Fallen Order achieved and Wall runs with it, then double jumps and air dashes straight into an epic lightsaber battle. Rather than taking us back to square one to begin Cal's journey as a Padawan again, we're trusted with control of a full-fledged Jedi Knight who we can grow into a master of superhuman mobility and fantastic and challenging combat. With a new set of larger, more diverse, and densely packed worlds to explore, and a memorable cast of returning characters, Survivor tells a story that may be predictable, but is still fun and at times emotional to watch play out. Launch performance issues aside, it's a sequel that does virtually everything better than the original, which was already an exceptional Star Wars game. If Respawn makes one more like this, it'll complete the best Star Wars trilogy in 30 years, hands down. Jordan May at GameSpot gave it an 8 out of 10 and says, Star Wars Jedi Survivor improves upon its predecessor's gameplay and storytelling uh, to deliver an engrossing story of a Jedi grappling with morality. On a final note, Survivor's technical performance is a stumbling block that must be noted. Playing on Xbox Series X, I experienced random crashes on a number of occasions, all annoyingly during cutscenes before the game had a chance to autosave. On PlayStation 5, a colleague reported some occasional stuttering, screen tearing, and crashing too. And the PC version also has a variety of technical issues relating to in-game presentation, performance, and hardware optimization. And then Matt Miller at Game Informer gave it a 9.3 out of 10 and says, Developer Respawn Entertainment clearly took a measure, uh, a measured and thoughtful approach to analyze what worked and what didn't in its last Star Wars game. And Jedi Survivor feels like a worthy attempt at evolution. It captures the magic of Star Wars as well as anything in the current canon, and it's a stellar adventure in its own right. Tim Geddes. We, of course, did a review on Gamescast that went up this morning. Uh, we talked a lot about our spectrum of opinions on Star Wars Jedi, but I think for the most part, we're all like, no, this is great. Like, this is good. We all like this. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody disliked it. I feel like mm -hmm. the, you were the lowest on it, and you still... Yeah. I was still like, no, oh, there's like so many good things in this game, and I think the game yeah. is good. Uh, I'm definitely on the higher side of this. I absolutely love this game, and uh, I still have a lot to go, and I can't wait to, to get back to it. This is one of those games, I said this on, on Gamescast, it reminds me of God of War Ragnarok in the way that when I'm not playing it, I'm like, I need to get back to it. I need to know what happens next. And I really appreciate that that's not just in story uh, and plot beats. It is also in the gameplay, where moment to moment, you're constantly being pulled into like different gameplay scenarios, whether it's combat or puzzle or um, uh, it's like parkour, like platforming traversal mm -hmm. type stuff. And then sometimes it's a combination of all those things. I just feel like, and then you get the, the story beats and all that stuff is so seamlessly integrated together. Um, and it's just a overall super fun game. The technical side of things is a real disappointment. And uh, it's, it's just sad, honestly, at the end of the day that respawn, um, 
put out a game that's this good and so much of the conversation is going to be mired around the, oh man, same problems the Fallen Order had. Here we are again. And it's that that kind of deja vu conversation that I just feel like tarnishes what's otherwise such an amazing experience that I feel like should be such a, a an even bigger win from them. Having said that, these reviews are great. Yeah. So, I, I was surprised when I saw the reviews pop and all of them were like, Eights, nine, eight, eights and nines. I don't think I saw tens out there, but it was it was on the higher end, right? And like Metacritic 86 or Metacritic 87, Open Critic 86 was very impressive for what I thought was going to be a bit more aggressive of a re review cycle based on just like bugs and performances and, and, and all that stuff. But I think that speaks to what Greg was talking about. Uh, Greg, of course, I, I was our lead reviewer when he started off talking about Jedi, right? Like he acknowledged like, hey, yeah, playing through the game. There's so many I've I've seen the bugs, I've seen the crashes, I've seen X, Y, and Z thing in terms of performance that brings it down. But the game is still a five out of five for Greg. And I think that we're seeing that reflected in in the opinions of various reviewers of the game is so good that we're able to look past a lot of that stuff. Right. And I think that's gonna shift from person to person. Like I, it affected me more than I think it affected other people. But um even even with that, right? I still look at the game and I'm like, I'm gonna finish this game at some point, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna come back to it. Right now I'm taking a little bit of a break because I'm like waiting for we're gonna get Zelda someday. At we're some gonna point. get Redfall someday. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I'm I'm waiting for them. I, uh, I, but I'm gonna come back. I can't fucking believe you're like, uh, I'm going to put Jedi Survivor on pause because I'm waiting for Redfall. <laughs> you just don't want to play Jedi Survivor. Oh, my God. He's an Arcane fan. Like, <laughs> I'm, also, I'm a big Arcane fan, yeah. and also I'm waiting for the updates. I, I think updates are going to fix this I'm thing. I'm so hopeful. I don't expect it to happen. I, 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 yeah. I will Fingers say, crossed. at least for my case, because I feel like it's definitely a case-by-case -case basis on performance uh, for sure. Uh, I did. I rolled the dice last night on our weird uh, scenario of... If we do the day zero update, it might completely uh, wipe our saves. Roll the dice. My save's still there. Uh, and then I went out into Kobo uh, in the area that I felt like had the worst uh, kind of uh, optimization when it came to frame rate and uh, screen tearing uh, after that update. And it definitely seems more stable for me uh, in that That's area, uh, especially because uh, to give a quick like uh, thing there will be like kind of random patrols of different factions and i could tell that the game was struggling the most when you're running around a vast kind of area with different factions either trying to come after you or fighting each other and you're running away from that so the game is doing a lot and trying to think of what the hell you're going to do in this scenario and that's where the game would really struggle performance wise for me and it seemed way better last night where i ran into three or four different scenarios of enemy factions fighting each other while running away in this like uh, big uh, open area. Um, and it seems like way more consistent, uh, still not perfect, but uh, at least a little bit more stable. So hopefully they, uh, you know, over the next uh, coming weeks uh, after like a day one patch or whatever that uh, looks like, it'll be more stable for the kids out there who play on launch day. Yeah. I want to I want to shout out a few things in chat. One of the one person mentioned that like what happened what happened here? Like what's going on with with respawn in terms of these games not running? And that was the thing that that was a conversation that me I think me and Annie and Barrett were having a little bit after the review. And like one thing that Annie brought up that I thought was interesting that I don't know if this is the case, but it might be just their um, how they work with Unreal versus other engines. Because one of the things I mentioned in our conversation was like yeah, Ape, Ape, uh, Titanfall two wasn't buggy at launch Titanfall 2 didn't really have problems and Apex when I play Apex that game runs so smooth and Andy pointed out that both of those are source right and like um, um, with Jedi um, Respawn is using Unreal Engine and so I wonder if that is the case I wonder if it is just the fact that of 
maybe they're just they don't have good processes with it or they don't have a good handle on it um and so yeah i i but I, again that's just us doing guesswork that's us being like i don't know like who knows uh but then also i saw somebody in, uh, else in chat be like oh but blessing gave a high score to pokemon dis despite his issues i mentioned this in the pokemon review and also mentioned this in the jedi review firstly i'm only halfway through jedi and so like i i throw out a three out of five as like an in progress like this is me still in the first half of the game of course thoughts and opinions can evolve because we're human um but also i mentioned this in the review of like if Jedi didn't have these issues, like didn't have the performance stuff. I'd probably give it like a four out of five for where I'm at right now. And I did the same thing with Pokemon, where like I, if Pokemon didn't have the issues and performance stuff, I probably would have given that game a five out of five. But with that, I gave it a four out of five. Um, so I, that's kind of how I balance those two. And things. I do say in the review, like where you're at in the story, that's where I was kind of feeling uh, ten hours in, where I was more of like a all right, this is this is cool, but I wasn't in love with it uh, and thinking it was a great game uh, as I do now. So, yeah. again, I definitely understand the kind of the journey throughout it. And sure. hearing you talk about it, Barrett, hearing Greg talk about it and, like, seeing the reviews as well, I'm now excited to go back and play the rest of the game. Like, you guys have me actually excited to see what else is out there in terms of story and stuff. That's going to get me even more excited. But, again, I might wait till we get more yeah. updates. <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, me and Fran talked a little bit about uh, reviews yesterday and just uh, critics and, and users reviews and all that stuff and i i think that again the point that i kept trying trying to drive home is how much context matters and i think that the way we review things the way we discuss these games i think it's really important um that people understand what how you present the stuff of your experience with the technical side if the quality of the game the things you like about the game outshine the technical problems that's a good sign for the quality of the game itself yeah. but it's a bad sign for the technical side of things, but I feel like it's important that we can have our differing opinions on this where we're both playing the same game. Let's say we both have the same technical issues. We could still then have an opinion on the rest of the stuff. And if the technical issues are worth overlooking because the rest of the game is so high quality, because at the end of the day, this is the product that we have. Like mm -hmm. what we are playing is this with these technical problems. Like we hope that they get fixed, but we don't know that they're going to get fixed. So we can only talk about it as we are experiencing it. And with, what we're being given and promises we're being told, but we've heard promises many times before. I don't know that this game's ever going to get fixed. So we have to give the caveats of, Hey man, there's a lot of technical problems right now. Yeah. Like that is a fact. 100%. And I, yeah, I think it, a lot of it comes down to context and what you and Fran talked about in terms of look like who, who's reviewing this game, right? Like I, I liked Fran mentioning that, you know, for him is he, what is more important to him is the name and like, as opposed to the outlet, like, cool. IGN's reviewing this. Who at IGN is reviewing this, right? Like, what is, what is your opinion? Do I connect with their, with their thoughts? Of course, like I don't have the time to look up every single reviewer at every single outlet to know who's, who, who are my people, but I do have time to like figure out who are my people specifically in terms of, okay, I like Mitchell Saltzman at IGN. Like I look at, I look at his opinions and I look at the kind of games he plays and what he looks for in games. And I know that like, I can trust his word in terms of how it's going to influence mine and like me lining up with him. Yeah. Dan right? Riker for me. Yeah. Dan Riker also for me as well. Right. I look at the video games that Dan Riker loves and I'm like, cool. Me and him share taste. Mm -hmm. He loves Mario and Metal Gear Solid. I trust this man. Yeah. And so like, you got to find those people for you. Right. And I know for me, I, I found that like even recently in, in terms of talking about games, I bring up combat a lot. Cause like combat is a thing that, I, I think I scrutinize more. It's a thing that I, I like. I care more about in terms of if I'm getting into combat in a game, I want this shit to be fucking tight and precise. And like, I, I, I'm giving you the context of what I look for in terms of combat. A lot of games, 
don't live up to that, right? And like that is going to be different from what maybe Greg Miller looks for, or even what Andy mm-hmm. Cortez looks for. And nobody's right, right? Or I guess we're all right. Yeah, we're all just looking for what we're there's looking value for. to that to like to to people knowing Bless likes combat, Tim likes platforming, and like mm-hmm. the tightness of it, and how it feels like the the mobility of a character that means so much more to me than sometimes the combat stuff and, and yeah. things like and that. I'll, like, so. I'll say in a lot of games, honestly, and again, this is, I think, where you will see things differ in terms of who we are. Like, I care about gameplay more than story. Like, I care about something like combat more than, like, character interactions, right? And that, and that differs from game to game. In an RPG, I might care more about story. But in, a, in an in an action, like an action game that we're playing right here, an action-adventure game, and something like God of War, and something like Jedi, and something like Elden Ring, I am looking for, like, yo, how, how does it feel when I got my hands on the sticks? Yeah. Like, what does that moment-to-moment look like? And if that stuff is fucking fantastic, I can overlook a, a bland story. I can overlook, like, character stuff. Greg Miller is not the same way. Greg Miller is the opposite, right? Greg Miller looks for story. He looks for characters. He looks for being engaged. And, of course, he looks for gameplay as well. But again, you got the gotta, balance is different. The balance is different, and you gotta you gotta understand who is talking to you, right? And hopefully, we're doing our best at providing the context of what we look for and who we are. Yeah, I mean, I I care a lot about plot, like yeah. the actual plot of a story, which is why things like Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring, story wise, aren't really my my bag. Like, I I'm happy that they exist. I'm in the way that I enjoy plot. There are other people that like story to kind of stay out of their way and to kind of just be, happen around them. And that's great. We can get both of those things. But knowing that about me and how you see things, like that's important for kind of shading the conversations we have around um, all of these games. And I, I saw uh, people in the, the chat, someone was saying that, uh, that Bethesda and Nintendo get a pass for their, their technical uh, stuff. They don't. We are constantly talking about the technical uh, problems that they, they have and the, the limits that they have. And like for i mean ever we've been talking shit about that stuff mm-hmm. but when the quality of the game shines through so much that you're like even despite the tech stuff we still are glowing about this thing that's where we're at on this or it doesn't if it doesn't if if tears of the kingdom comes out and the tech stuff is is horrible and or uh, horrible's not even the way i should go into it. there's i don't think yeah. it's going to be horrible if it's, if it's what we expect it to be yeah. which is not great right mm-hmm. like i don't expect tears of the kingdom to to run amazingly yeah but that's just for a multitude of reasons we already understand if the gameplay and like the the systems and stuff don't back it up and the experience the wow factor that's gonna be a problem but i expect that they're going to yeah because it's nintendo one thousand percent speaking of nintendo story number four nintendo is confirmed for gamescom this is wesley yinpool at Eurogamer. nintendo will attend a gamescom this year event organizers have announced it'll be the first time nintendo has shown up at the german mega show since 2019 nintendo's appearance at gamescom suggests that it'll have something meaningful to show there but what the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and pikmin 4 will both have been released by the time gamescom opens in late august could nintendo have something hardware related to unveil to the world and Tim, I had the exact same thought when I saw the tweet go up of Nintendo's coming to Gamescom. All right, you don't have Pikmin, you don't have Zelda. What the fuck are you showing at Gamescom? What the fuck are you showing? Or are you not showing anything and you just want people to play your games? And yeah, are you just showing up and you're like, like they do at PAX and stuff? You're bringing Pikmin and Zelda and be like, hey, play more of this. Yeah, this I is mean, really good, isn't it? Um, this I first saw this because Jeff Keighley was uh, tweeting about it, mm-hmm. and not that that means anything, but it does mean he's at least like, hey, hey, you know who else is at Gamescom? Keely, baby. Mm. And guess who has a show that can announce things, right? On We're the not stage. seeing anything Nintendo at Keely's thing yeah, at baby. opening night live. Why not? Like, just because it's not been that show. That hasn't, but the Game Awards have been, right, in, mm. in the past. Um, and I feel like, again, there's no rules. Like, at any point, things For can change. Sure. And, yeah, the opening night live has not been that show yet. Clearly, Keely wants it to be. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't necessarily expect it. Um, what are they going to announce? What is the point of this? Gamescom's a weird one for Nintendo. You, Very much not their their core audience in terms of uh, who they traditionally are trying to speak to, right? Yeah. I mean, right now, there's not a fall game for Nintendo, as far as I understand. I forget when the no. Pokemon DLC comes out. Oh, yeah, Pokemon DLC is fall and winter. Okay. Um, but Do you think maybe they're, <laughs> they could just show Pokemon DLC? No. No. I think that that's... That's a different, I mean, we know what that, it's DLC, yeah. right? And I feel like it's going to be treated like DLC. It'll be big DLC, but that's more similar to like Xenoblade, mm-hmm. uh, like what just came out yesterday, where like there'll be preview events and there'll be some things and like, I'm going to be very excited. Like, I can't wait for that stuff. But uh, I don't think that that's that, the big, big tentpole thing that they'd want to be showing up. Do you, do you think Metroid Prime 4 could hit? I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. Again, we're in such an interesting place right now with Nintendo and PlayStation where Xbox has their lineup. We know what... We, there's so many Xbox games that are in the pipeline that we're, like, awaiting. On the Nintendo and uh, PlayStation side, that's just not the case. We have a lot of assumptions, but essentially, once we get past June here, uh, which is just a few months away, yeah. we're going to have Metroid Prime 4 and Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. And those are the only known quantities. Yeah. And I oh, guess Don't forget Last of Us multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. How dare you? But besides that... That, that leaves a lot of studios open of what are they working on on the PlayStation and Nintendo side. I mean, we do have the PlayStation event coming in May, but I expect that that is going to blow us the fuck away. Yeah. Allegedly, theoretically in May. That Theoretically in May. Uh, yeah. Maybe in June, live at the Shrine Auditorium for 7,000 screaming fans. Um, but either way, I expect we're going to get a PlayStation showcase in May, and I expect that it is going to like knock our fucking socks off. I hope so, man. And, and I better. think that we are going to have a similar amount of future titles to look forward to that we do on Xbox right now in terms of the pipeline. Right now, I have a running bet with Roger McCorney. Um, Roger is convinced that we're going to see new Nintendo hardware release in 2023, and I told him, no way. And when I saw the Gamescom thing, I was like, oh, man, I might have, I might have spoke too soon because that bet was yesterday. Please tell me you bet like 200 or $300 on this. No, I, it was a pizza bet. but it's, that's an easy couple hundred dollars for you, Bliss. It sounds like he wants some expensive pizza, and so I'm, I might go for some expensive pizza as well. Yeah. You know? No, you're going to get that expensive pizza. I might There's get some no deep shot dish. that Nintendo comes out with new hardware. There's no shot that it would be Gamescom that they would announce that new hardware. I want some deep dish, you know? Mr. Ponton once says, there goes Tim setting his expectations too high again. Have you seen a PlayStation Showcase? You can't yeah, set no, a PlayStation those are, those higher than a PlayStation Showcase. They yeah. fucking deliver. Every single time, they have delivered some of the best showcases we have ever seen in video. Was the last one the one where we got Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine? And Wolverine. <laughs> and, like, the, the other one had Ratchet and, like, dude. The get, one weird misstep was Ragnarok. 2019. The one weird, and that was the one where it was like the weird Last of Us Church and yeah. stuff like that. That, was that wasn't cool. a showcase. That's, like, that's even that's like E3. What, that wasn't the PlayStation Showcase. Because we're what talking was about that then. We're talking that was about the E3. Yeah, that was just like an E. That was the E3 Showcase. So like, like we're separating it from like the uh, modern ones. Yeah, where it's like all digital the or whatever. PS5. Once they started showing all that cool branding of like all of the the sacred symbols, like using the cool transitions for everything, mm-hmm. then there was like the, the moment that we we're like, are these real people or is it CG? <laughs> <laughs> well, are- the first time they did that was uh, a GDC, and that was like the weird like introduction of the PS5, where they were talking about all like the technical aspects of it. It was like Mark Cerny and him talking about like, oh yeah, and like him being like, it's backwards compatible. You only saw the PS4 logo, and there was a lot of space for other things. And people were like, what the fuck is going on with that? That one was a weird one, but yeah, like the showcases were like I would say starting from June 2020, and then the one the PS5 reveal, called. yeah, the, the one where reveal. we first saw the console itself, like. Okay, yeah. All yes, of those yes, showcases yes, yes. are just fucking like legitimately unmatched. Like 
the only things that you can compare them to are some of the greatest Nintendo Directs ever or uh, PlayStation's greatest E3 conferences. Like, I agree with that. Where it, when it had announced, like, the, with the God of War Symphony and all that shit. Like, we're, we're going to be uh, having some bangers ahead. And then there's the Nintendo side. Like, we, we are due a Nintendo Direct that answers a lot of Where's Mario? Where's my boy? He's having the best year of his life right now. But what, where's he at on the video game side of things? I got so many questions in regards to Nintendo. But the answers to those questions are so far away. Do you know what's near, Tim? Mm. Story number five. Oh, right here. Shit. It's right now. Yeah, Story number five. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Bethesda has revealed some limited edition Redfall Xbox controllers. This was tweeted out by Bethesda this morning, uh, where they said, Calling all vampire slayers, take back the island of Redfall with a limited edition custom Xbox Design Lab wireless Xbox controllers. Make it yours now and slay in style when Redfall drops on May 2nd. Still keeping it on May 2nd date, huh? All right. May 2nd, man. Weird. It's too late to Literal change Literal days away. All right. You know what I mean? Like, Star Wars Jedi Survivor's getting some real good reviews. That's all I'm saying. Get out the way. Zelda's coming. All right? <laughs> Zelda's coming to town. Link on the highway. Get out, Get out the way. way. Redfall, there's still time. There's not time. Uh, but these look cool. Yeah. Like real, some real cool designs, and also a cool thing about this one is yeah, that you can no, actually buy them. I'm not gonna say yeah. They, no? These do not look cool. I like the red no. one, like the red no. one with the teeth. I don't, I don't that's like over design like, controllers. Like Gears of War 2008 vibes right there. Yeah, you can't. You're, you're telling me those aren't cool vibes. I got to bring eh. some honesty to the this this table, this podcast, right here. Yeah, I like the red one. The other ones, I'm like, those are cool. But like the the, the red eye. one, I, I like a lot. I just like black and red. I, I like those colors. I like I like blue and and white and black and gray. You can get these right now. These aren't like the ones where we show you a controller and it's like, oh, yeah, you have to win a sweepstick or something. You can go and get those in Xbox Design Labs. And so if you have taste, boom, there you go. Story number six. Speaking of having taste, a Totally Spies game just got announced. This can- this comes from Microids on Twitter where they tweeted out. Um, they put a, a lipstick emoji and then they say, Sam, Clover, and Alex have a new mission. Microids is partnering with... Bonnie J, Kids, and Family for a new video game based on the animated series Totally Spies, scheduled for a 2024 release on consoles and PC. What world are we living in? Let's go. This is hilarious. Totally Spies, a super niche cartoon from the early 2000s that I was obsessed with. I love Totally Spies. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. They announced yesterday a season seven is coming out uh, in 2024, and now we're getting a video game. Hell yeah. I hope this is a major success. It won't be, but I hope that it is. Coming 2024. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's starting development like right now? Like literally, somebody today learned they're making a Total Spies game. You want me to put it out when? (laughs) All right, cool. We'll see. Like my dream scenario would would be that this game is um, very similar to, what was the Samurai Jack game that we played? Oh, yeah. That was like, it was kind of double A, but it was still cool and like had some merit to it. I hope that this can be that. I doubt it. The, the, the vibes of this screenshot here, and maybe it's just like a blurry image of like the, the the new season seven promo, but it's got like a little bit of that like pixelation, what, pixely kind of thing. Like I almost want a Shredder's Revenge type of game. Oh, uh, that'd be fun, yeah. like a two D beat 'em up yeah. type situation. Yeah, you know, I way forward. I want them to make this game. Yeah. What is? What, I'm gonna do some research right now, right here, because I want to know microids. more about microids. Yeah. Corey Cutney says, I want a 7 out of 10 uh, game, and I'm proud of it. I agree. I would love a 7 out of 10. That Samurai totally Jack game was, like, one of the coolest 7 out of 10 games that we played. 1,000%. All right. I'm going to their link tree for Microids. Uh, let's go to their website. Let's see what's on their website. First of all, is Microids even the developer or the publisher? I don't, I don't even know. 
Apparently, they did UFO Robot Grendizer, The Feast of Wolves, which I believe is like a huge. Um, I know that the Grendizer IP is big, right? Or am I confusing that with something else? I have no idea. Um, I go to the website. The first thing I see is Tintin Cigars of the Pharaoh. Oh, Lucy James loves Tintin. Tintin's a classic. Oh, did they work with Sifu? Hold on. Hold on. The retail editions of Sifu for Xbox One and Series X will be available. Bless. What up? Can you imagine? <laughs> Sifu totally spies. Can you spies. fucking imagine? Totally speaks. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> So they've done work with uh, Front Mission First Remake, which is huge. Metal Mutation, Scrap Riders. So they're like a public. They do like going through hallways, beating the shit out of people, switching between the three ladies. Fuck yeah! All right, I got no frame of reference for what Micros is up to. Um, Barrett has up this timeline on their website. Who's Nikki Boom? <laughs> <laughs> I do not like that. Uh, microwave distribution. I've never heard of any of these games. Yeah, I've not heard of any any of no. these. No, but yeah, it seems like they just partner with developers to get games made and distributed. So, good on you, Microid. Um, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up, please, for us. We need this, Tim. That Totally Spies game that we need is just so far away. Mm-hmm. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Desta, The Memories Between for Switch and PC, The Centennial Case, A Shijima Story for iOS and Android, Cassette Beasts for PC, Honkai Star Rail for mobile and PC. That's the new game from the Genshin devs. Uh, Gran Turismo 7's 1.32 update rolls out today, bringing with it four new cars, new scapes, sure, new GT cafe menus. All, all right, cool. And then Quantum Break is back on digital platforms for Xbox game, and Xbox Game Pass. If you remember, it got taken down because of licensing stuff, but it's back now if you feel like playing some Quantum Break. New dates for you. Uh, we got one new date this Friday. Take to the Mountains and Grand Mountain Adventure Plus on Apple Arcade. Uh, a deal of the day for you. May's PlayStation Plus games have been revealed. Uh, in May, you're going to get Grid Legends for PS5 and PS4, Chivalry 2 for PS5 and PS4, and Descenders for PS5 and PS4. Now it's time for Reader Mail. That's where you write in uh, to slash KFGD to get your questions read on the show. We got just one for you. This comes from New AJ's Eyes. Uh, New AJ writes in and says A short story for Blessing Adelia Jr. So Bless famously said he would pay $24,000 plus a third mortgage on his house for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think I went that far. Uh, well, yesterday, <laughs> what? Uh, well, yesterday I donated blood and used the money I received for doing so to pre-order Tears of the Kingdom, only to come to the realization that I literally just p- paid in blood to get Tears of the Kingdom. Thank you guys for all you do, and I hope my story helps Bless feel more justified in his statements. Oh, yeah, I guess I need a question, too. Uh, what's the most underrated cereal? Lots of love. New AJ from London. There's so many frozen bricks of blood. This is wild. He, pay, he paid in blood for hey, his kingdom, and y'all made fun of me. I respect it, man. I um, get it. Also, you don't need to write in with a question. You can just write in with your statement. But also, most underrated cereal? I'm going Captain Crunch. Most underrated? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go uh, Pops. Kicks. Oh, like Corn or Pops? Kicks, kicks yeah. Fuck, I, yeah. might, I might be with you, actually. Corn yeah. Pops is really good. And it's like, you think that it's one of the boring ones, but no, there's some fun there. Yeah, this is like more, some real good flavor yeah, in Corn Pops. Yeah, it's fun to be had. I agree. 
Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, or you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Um, <laughs> somebody write it, wrote it with a story about how they dreamt about being on Cape City and got a ton of stuff wrong. Um, <laughs> I was telling, <laughs> I was telling Joey and Roger that um, like earlier in the week, I was thinking about how I never have work dreams. I have two very recurring dreams. I have school dreams where I'm at school, back at school, and I'm failing or whatever, and I'm also naked for some reason. And then I also have a recurring dream about Mario 64, where I'm like in Peach's castle, and like I'm just weird shit starts happening in Mario 64. Those are my two recurring dreams, but I never have work dreams. Literally, the day after I had that thought, I had a dream that I was at work and I was reviewing Jedi Survivor. Wow. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, damn it, I gotta do it again. Like, yeah. I gotta go back to work and review Jedi Survivor again. Yeah. And I nailed it in the dream. In the dream, I I bodied that review. Yeah. Like I I articulated all my thoughts so perfectly, and I woke up and I was like, God damn it! Like, damn it! I still can't play Redfall. Yeah, I still can't, I still can't play Redfall, dude. I can't <laughs> wait for Redfall. But yeah, uh, it was Anthony Kelly. Yep, that wrote in with that. That just uh, derailed me. So appreciate it. Um. That's editorializing editorializing okay oh here's a good one nano says the samurai jack game was samurai jack battle through time there we go and that's it for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong tomorrow's hosts for the show are going to be me and the one and only this austin creed I'll, i never know whether to call him xavier austin yeah it's complicated okay cool it's wwe superstar xavier woods but in our hearts it's austin it's austin creed, creed. So tune in for that. If you're watching this live, remember we're trying something new here with YouTube Super Chats on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Only on YouTube in the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post show where Mike, Snowbike Mike, comes in to talk to us KFG hosts about your Super Chat questions. Stay tuned after today's handshake to hang out with us before the next Kind of Funny stream starts. Remember this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, game daily.